Welcome to Ravel Radio. I'm your host, Kara Steinman, and I'm all about helping women entrepreneurs get connected. We live in a society that benefits from women being disconnected from ourselves and disconnected from each other, often at the expense of our financial, physical, and mental health. And that really pisses me off. I believe the key to dismantling those systems of oppression lies smack dab in the collective power of women. I've made it my mission to help remove the obstacles that keep us separate so we can join forces, build more wealth, and make a bigger impact together than we ever could alone. These are the conversations that will get us there. Who's coming with me? I think you're going to love today's guest. It is our very first dude on Ravel Radio. His name is Nick Demas, and he is an amazing person. He's also a Tony Award-winning Broadway producer, documentary filmmaker, conscious business coach, and manifestation expert. With over 15 years of teaching pranayama breathwork, yoga, and creativity, as well as 30 years in the entertainment industry, he's traveled from the Tony Awards to ashrams and built a multi-million dollar business in between. Nick guides his clients to clear blocks and tap into their creative intuition so they can be unapologetically visible and manifest while making a monumental impact. So Nick, I got to tell you, I'm super, super pumped to have you here today, which we talked about a little bit before we started recording, but you are the first Mr. Sir on this podcast. So welcome. Well, first of all, I'm very honored to be your first. Um, that sounds weird. I just realized that sounded <laughs> totally weird. <laughs> but you are, you are my first male interviewee on this podcast. So and that, thank that's you. Not a, that's not the first time this has happened. Yeah. This is uh, somehow a fairly regular occurrence that I'll be invited to be on a, uh, somebody's podcast. And they say, you're the first guy I've ever allowed on my podcast or I've ever invited. And I don't know what that is about me that is like an opening or a, a bridge or I'm not really sure, honestly, but I love Sa- it. You feel safe. You feel like someone who I can talk to and be safe with. And I mean, you have a lot of women or female identifying clients, right? You work with a lot of women. I would say I work with, and well, first, thank you for saying that that I'm safe because that is one of my greatest intentions is to create a safe space for people to be seen, to be heard, to be validated. Uh, and yes, I have about 80% of my clients are female or female identifying. Absolutely. Being seen, being seen is pretty important. I didn't realize until just a few years ago how critical it is for us to be seen, to be able to be seen as like who we are without judgment and how often we hide from that in our lives probably in general. Yeah, I think that I, from a very early age, struggled with being seen. Having been a gay boy in the Midwest, growing up in Montana in the 1980s, where it was all about- No, it was all about macho cowboy. And here I was, this little queer kid who, you know, desperately wanted people to see him for who he was. And I- I was just so not what the norm was. I was a very creative child. I was creating plays and writing musicals and uh, dancing. This was not normal in that world. And consequently, I didn't feel 
scene. And I think by my parents, even my parents were very confused about what to do with this very entrepreneurial child who was this creative. And I think that I spent the next probably 25 years of my life looking for validation consequently. So you probably had a lot of trauma in your childhood around being different. And like, were there ever points in your youth and your adulthood, maybe where you really had to, where you were forced to move away from your true identity to like mask that and not embrace who you are? Yeah. So I absolutely had a lot of trauma, including uh, obviously bullying from other kids and whatnot. But additionally, I was sexually abused. And I think because of that, I spent a big part of my life in secrecy and in lies. Yeah. And that created a new persona. Consequently, the hiding and the lying, I had to create something else, Mm -hmm. some other alternate version of myself that was a coping mechanism. But it was also so that people would see me in the light in which I wanted them to see me versus the darkness that was so engulfing me internally. Oh, that's so hard. That's I'm so sorry to hear that. It's so prevalent that like my mom was so concerned with like, I'm her only daughter. She was so concerned with me not being abused growing up because she was. And then consequently, she wasn't paying attention to my brothers. And, mm. you know, there was a lot of negative fallout in that regard. And and um, it's more prevalent than we think it is. It, it absolutely is. Unfortunately. Now, I, unfortunately. Now I can say, because it's been a number of years, <laughs> I'm a little older now. I can I can look back and say yes that was a turning point yes those 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 that was a very horrific dark time and period and what happened to me was not okay But I can also look at it and say it shaped me into the empathetic, Mm -hmm. safe spaced person that you're talking about, because I know what it's like to need that. And it really has shifted who I am as a person, who I'm as a business person, who I'm as an entrepreneur, who I'm as I who I am as an artist. And it's a gift, which is really, you know, anybody out there who's like, what the hell are you talking about that your abuse was was a gift? But it's the choice to look at how am I going to view it? Because I could stay in the victimhood forever, or I could look at what the golden nuggets that I was given because of what, in spite of, is probably a better word, in spite of what happened. You had to develop certain strengths and, and mold parts of yourself because of that, that maybe wouldn't be the way that they are today. And what you are today is magnificent, right? Like we, that's, that's. The hard part is is owning today what we have, what has we've been molded into today and saying and, this works. And, I, and ironically, what you were drawn to. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I was 37, I want to say, before I realized that I had been physically abused by my stepdad because it had mm. been so normalized. Like he would, he would hold me down and not to get like too heavy, but hold me down and tickle me till I cried and like, you know, steer me around the house with my arm behind my back. And I didn't, I didn't tie that to being physically abused until I, I knew I'd been emotionally abused, but I didn't realize that because it'd been so normalized. And now like knowing that and realizing that now I can look at who I am now and the coping mechanisms that I've uh, adopted and say, well, some of those are very helpful now. And yes, there's trauma and yes, there's darkness. And it's all part of who I am today. And what I do with that now is my choice. And I love that you said that, you know, you looked at it because you have because this is what you have to do in order to move through it is to look Mm -hmm. at it and look at what is a coping device and what is 
actually helpful and is productive and useful in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like being, I think being seen, I know as important as it is for us to be seen by others is to see ourselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly. 100%. It starts with you. Yeah. And it's so hard to do when we have been fed, like I'm always harping on self-limiting beliefs and the stories mm-hmm. that we tell ourselves. And I think sometimes when we have had trauma or we feel like a little bit broken, it's easy to isolate from other people, but other people sometimes see us so much more clearly than we see ourselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's so helpful to have you know community around us who we are Safe, we feel safe enough to be seen around so that we can have that mirrored back to ourselves. Yeah, I spent years in therapy. Oh, yeah. I spent years in deep study of hatha yoga, mm. of meditation, of pranayama breath work. I went and even uh, lived with a, a teacher for a time, a guru. Um, I, all of those things were part of that process for me so that I could be seen not for who I thought I was when I was that tap dancing kid, mm-hmm. not for who I pretended not to be after the abuse or was during the abuse, but who I was today because of all of those things. And to be seen in the totality of that was remarkable and a true shift for me. And what led me to then be able to be uh, a visionary or a leader yeah. ultimately. Thank you for tying that back because I want, I'm sitting here thinking you're very visible now. And as somebody who experiences trauma and maybe has shame around who they are growing up, it's probably really difficult to imagine yourself being on a stage of people or being seen. And and yet you are. So there was this healing process that went went on. And you also know, since you've looked at yourself so carefully, that you are always evolving and you are always changing. So maybe you think there's less fear in being visible once you realize that the journey's never done and you're always going to sh- change and evolve. Yeah, it's no mistake that I work with people to become more visible, right? I mean, it, it just sort of happened yeah. naturally in an evolution. But first, I was an actor, which people will say, well, that's visible. No, it's not. I was was pretending to be somebody else. Sorry to interrupt. I wanted to pop in here real quick and say thanks for being here. If you're enjoying this episode, I've got a special treat for you. You can now get early access to the full uncut Ravel Radio episodes, as well as bonus conversations exploring everything from feminist entrepreneurship to neurodiverse business strategies. It's a little bit like being a fly on the wall for a really juicy conversation. And it's free. All you have to do to get the inside scoop is subscribe to our private podcast called Unraveled. To get access, just visit RavelCollective.com slash Unraveled to sign up and start listening. The link is in the show notes, and I hope to see you there. I was taking on another identity because I wasn't comfortable enough in my own skin to be my own identity. Now, I will say this, really great actors, and I mean like the top of the top, the, the Meryl Streeps of the world, the, you know, the, the top of the tops, they do know themselves really, really well. I wasn't necessarily a great actor. I was an actor professionally, but I would never have considered myself a great actor. Part of that was I grew up again in a time that I wasn't allowed to be myself. I went to an agent one time and they said to me, well, Nick, 
you're talented, but you're too light. And I was like, what? And then I went, oh, that was code for too gay. Oh, I've never heard that term too light. Huh? It was code at that time for you're too gay to be to to get work. Because at that time, this is before Ellen came out, like there was nobody representing. So of course, there wasn't work for somebody like that. But I spent a lot of time pretending to be other people because I wasn't comfortable being myself. And then over time, as I did the work on myself, I began that began to open up and I began to be okay in my own skin. And the more okay to your point that I became in my own skin, my own body and my own soul and my and who I was as a human walking the planet, the more visible I was able to become. You talked, I listened to your podcast. We talked a little bit about this before we hit record, but your podcast this morning, this episode that I listened to about visionary leadership and you tied, you tied the ability to be a thought leader. Like one of the criteria is you have to have your nervous system under control. Yeah, that really, because you can only be as out there as your system will allow. Mm -hmm. You can only be as truthful as your system will allow. And it's a, it's phases. Notice I didn't say you're going to go from one to a hundred out there overnight, right? I spent some time in these practices of breath work, of meditation, so that I could learn to control my nervous system, to learn to manipulate it in many ways. When you can learn to sit in your shit, I hope I could say that. <laughs> yeah. Once you can learn to sit in it and be okay in the uncomfortability, your body then begins to understand that it's okay. Your brain begins to understand that it's okay to be in uncomfortability. And the and every time you step out into the world to be more visible, it's incredibly uncomfortable, incredibly uncomfortable, whether it is that first time you're going live on an, on Instagram or the first reel that you put out there or the first time you give a speech or the first time you're on a stage and you're speaking to 10,000 people or the first time that you do a personal documentary. And this is all kind of talking from experience here. Yeah. Do a personal documentary and millions of people watch it. Every time you take these steps, your body knows the score, as the book says. The book says, yeah. The body knows the score, right? And so you have to become so comfortable within your own body, your own skin, that the that it allows you to move forward. It allows you to do these things. It allows you to open. So we're starting with feeling really uncomfortable with the reality of who we are, perhaps, right? And, yeah. and then working our way to being seen by some people and then by a lot of people. And you you kind of figure out eventually that you're nothing bad, like the moment passes and you're still okay. Do you think it's just an incremental like, oh, we're still okay, we're still okay? Or is there sort of some other thought around that or or tactics that we can use to prop yeah, that if you, up? If you think about it, that your system goes into fight or flight, that the brain's job is to keep you safe. That's that's its primary job. And so, you know, old school, it was a tiger that was going to attack you. And so the brain would go, oh my gosh, I'm on alert. The body would take over, the adrenaline would pump, all of that 
right? And now that tiger can be, oh, there's a hater online. There's a troll. The troll. Yeah. And you get over time more comfortable with whatever. Maybe it's a troll. Maybe it's a hater. Maybe it's your mother, what your mother will say if you do this. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that, that sometimes is, is harder. Not the person that you don't know. Sometimes it's harder the person that you do know. I work or with like a lot my of husband. clients. My yeah. husband has no idea what I do for a living, basically. And yeah. I'm afraid that he's going to like hear a podcast episode and be like, what are you doing? You. <laughs> I mean, not that he would say that, but you know, the fear yeah, is there. That fear. Totally and, irrational. But ultimately, and it really is a fear of the self. Yeah. Because when you are in your truth and you're fully embodying it, it doesn't matter what anyone else says, thinks, or does. And eventually you come to this space where you welcome it. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, that post I put out where all of those people got really mad. I sparked something in them. I was now being that visionary leader because what do visionary leaders do? Mm -hmm. They spark conversation. They move thought forward. And so when they get, when I'm, and I'm not intentionally triggering people, but what I'm doing is getting a reaction. As an artist, we talk about this a lot. I have two documentaries out currently, and one of them I've just been on a promotional tour for. And this film is getting incredibly strong reactions. And I mean incredibly strong, Kara. Like people are getting triggered? Yeah. Like people walk out of the theater. Oh. Walk out. Oh, you're, you're hitting nerves. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every single screening thus far that I've been at, somebody has come up to me and bawled oh. and thanked me. I had I had a 24-year-old guy come and hug me and just held me. Aww. I had a 68-year-old woman ball and tell me that the film changed her perspective and she realized some healing that needed to occur for her. So I was getting both, which means I'm affecting people. Yeah. And isn't that our job as a visionary, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as souls on the planet is to affect one another, to evoke change, to create life connection between yeah. one another? I hope so. I hope so. And that's probably what keeps us from connecting with one another is this fear, right? Of being seen. We can't connect yeah. with, with each other if we're too afraid to truly be seen. It really dilutes our connection with one another, which is probably an epidemic right now at this point online. Well, it's definitely an epidemic, right? There's an epidemic uh, uh, of lack of connection. It's ultimately. so shallow all over the place. It's crazy. Not people, all over the place. People often say to me, you know, how do you have the courage to be so vulnerable? And I say, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with courage. We're all putting ourselves out there all the time. What it actually is about is connection to the self first and then connecting with others. That's true vulnerability. Yes. Speaking of vulnerability, Brene Brown talks about that in the Alice of the Heart. She's, the quote yeah. goes something like this. Our ability to connect with others is only as great as our ability to connect with ourselves. Yeah, I completely agree with and that. And that takes a lot of courage. Like you not only in your journey, you not only had to connect with yourself and come to terms with all these things and heal this trauma, which is probably a never ending journey, right? We're yep. always being traumatized and healing from it. But then you had to come to a place where you are willing to be seen in that like as you truthfully who you are and look at look at the payoff for that vulnerability. You're changing people's lives. Like I can't think of anything more important than changing people's perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be clear that it, this has been a process. Mm -hmm. 
And it's an ongoing process because it's, it's, you know, you've heard that saying new level, new devil. Every <laughs> yeah. time I step, I step a little bit further and show a little bit more of myself. It requires something of me that I didn't know that I, that I, that I even had within me. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking of connection. I was at the first, the first of these film festivals. And I said to myself, when I went in, just be present, just be present to the entirety of this experience. Because in previous times when I'd been, I'd put myself out there, I was, there was this part of me that would pull back and watch myself in it. Yes. I know that. I know that part. You know, I there was totally dis- do that. Yeah. There was a disconnect there. You're kind of watching was- yourself in the scene instead of really being present. Correct. And, and not being able to receive. Mm-hmm. Receiving was a big, huge part of this. Receiving is a huge part of being vulnerable, of being a thought leader, because I wasn't able to receive the compliment if it was good. I wasn't able to receive the anger if somebody didn't like it. I just would, I would just almost disassociate from my body and be back here somewhere watching myself. And so I said to myself this this last round, I said, you know, Nick, you're going to go in and you're just going to be present to what, to the entirety of this experience. Talk about being in the uncomfortability, because for me, it was very uncomfortable to receive praise even. And so to hear that and really accept it, to really be present with somebody, look them fully in the eye. Don't, not a, not a look and then a look away or, oh, 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 no, really be there. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, I invite you to join our private podcast, Unraveled. That's where you'll get early access to the raw, unedited Ravel radio conversations, as well as bonus content. It's totally free and easy to subscribe. Just visit RavelCollective.com slash Unraveled to sign up.